This is Gartner's CFO Podcast. Welcome to the Gartner CFO Podcast. I'm Nina Moreno, and I'm joined with my co-host, Marco Orbot. Today, we have Alex Vant, Chief of Finance Research at Gartner, who will discuss what CFOs must know about generative AI, including current adoption trends by their peers and the risks in leveraging this technology. Welcome, Alex. Thank you very much for having me, Nina. Um, I haven't been on in several months, and it's fun to be back. Glad to have you, Alex. So in our previous episode, which I encourage our listeners to check out if you haven't done so already, we had Gardner analyst Mark McDonald talk about AI and finance. However, today we're talking specifically about generative AI. So to level set for this discussion, Alex, can you tell us a little bit about what is that difference between AI and Gen AI? And what are those things that executives need to know about these differences? Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. You know, I'm sure the listeners um, are having this, this same uh, conversation come up in the meetings they're in internally. Really, it's important to differentiate the two. AI has been around for a while, right? We've been using it in finance. We've been using it across the enterprise um, and across the institutions uh, that, that subscribe here at Gartner. Really, AI is all about applying advanced analytics and logic to data, right? To events, to um, data sets across the organization. And we can set it up in a way that automates decisions and rules with that data. But that is very different than generative AI. So generative AI, and what we're going to talk primarily about today, is all about two things. It's about creating newly derived content. So that could be new to world uh, information, new graphics, new strategies, new designs, new methods. It, it's actually creating. So that's thing number one. The second big differentiator is that it learns, right? It sits on large repositories, uh, large models, which we'll talk about today, of original content. And then it generates the new content on top of that. So it's continuously learning um, and getting better and smarter over time. So very distinct from, from traditional AI um, that, that's been around for a while. Thank you for that. And um, that's really helpful to differentiate, understand uh, the differences there. As you mentioned, AI has been kind of around for a while, yet this year in particular, it seemed like a huge flash in the pan when Gen AI first emerged. It's been dominating the headlines, and even with speaking with clients to this day, the hype around an AI seems to have had tremendous staying power. So at an enterprise level, just to start from like very, very wide perspective, what are we seeing in terms of current like C-level adoption of Gen AI? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good question, Nina. So this technology is very different than other large technologies that have hit the enterprise over the last several uh, decades. This one people feel more optimistic. A recent Gartner survey tells us that 68% of C-suite executives actually think the benefits will outweigh the risks of generative AI, which is very different than in the past, where um, when things like the internet or, or e-commerce or cloud came around, there was a lot more skepticism at this part of the cycle. I think people are already seeing um, the world of opportunities ahead, which is fascinating um, and intriguing for us to be helping clients with. Now, we also know that upwards of 50% of CEOs are currently embedding generative AI into their products and services. And 43% of CEOs would tell us that they're already using generative AI to start informing strategic decisions at their organization. Now, 
we don't know how pervasive that is. We don't know how exactly accurate the information they're using is and, and how well it's embedded and all that kind of stuff. We'll dig into that. But but we're definitely seeing more optimism and pretty widespread adoption across the C-suite at this point. So when it comes to technology, we've had technology, new technologies being introduced to finance in the past. And you talk about the optimism being one of the things that is different in terms of how people are looking at Gen AI. But what about the downside of Gen AI? Are there any risks when it comes to Gen AI that, that make it different than maybe other technologies in the past? Yeah. I mean, Marco, we probably could have spent the whole, whole episode going through all the risks and procedures that we'll need to put in place. So let me, let me give you a couple of them that we're watching pretty closely across the C-suite. Uh, these are things that CFOs and other C-suite leaders are saying are kind of the big hurdles that we'll need to cross um, in terms of the risks with generative AI. So first and foremost is data leakage, privacy, and security, right? I think uh, organizations, you saw them across the early summer, really clamp down on what people could and couldn't use across organizations. And that was all in the name of making sure that we didn't leak data or have privacy concerns. The next one, and this kind of ties back to what we were talking about with creation of new uh, data, new information, um, new images, is what we call hallucinations. It's kind of nonsensical outputs that um, could mislead decision makers around the organization. The next one is around um, what we're kind of calling content sources and attribution, right? So if we're going to use generative AI to generate images or generate uh, copy and, and text and, and marketing and so forth, there's a lot of questions around copyright, around attribution of uh, the source content. Another one is just pure inaccuracies in, in what uh, generative AI is actually spitting out of the models. And that also comes with potentially biased information, right? Which is something that uh, organizations work very hard to protect against. And then the bigger risk, Marco, that a lot of CFOs are spending time thinking on is what is it going to do to our business model, right? So how do we think about its impact on our ability to price our products, on customer retention, on market share, on innovation? And so CFOs are spending a lot of time on the business risks, not just the technical risks as well. So- let me circle back on your optimism piece for a second. You know, as Nina said, it sort of came out of nowhere. All of a sudden, it was this big thing that was on our horizon. And, you know, some of the other guests we've had on the podcast, almost every episode, there's been some mention of generative AI. And it seems like unlike a lot of things where it was just this shiny new object, the interest and action that people are taking towards Gen AI and their organizations seems to be increasing. Do you have, do you have any idea, Alex, what could be driving this acceleration of, of Gen AI adoption within organizations? Yeah, no, it's a good one, Marco. And so what we talk about here at Gartner are the five forces driving generative AI adoption. I'll kind of run through these. The first one is board and CEO appetite, right? So boards and CEOs are mandating and tasking their C-suite with actually coming up with a strategy around generative AI. We see a lot of requests coming in from some of the largest companies in the world where the CIO or the CFO or the CHRO are coming to Gartner and saying, hey, I've, I've got to present to our board or I've got to present to the CEO or the CEO has tasked me with kind of leading an initiative around a strategy around Gen AI. That's a big one, uh, tone from the top, really, it's that first force. The second is customers, right? So as Gen AI goes more mainstream and customers are using it um, in and out of different social applications in their e-commerce, they're going to start to expect Gen AI to be built into customer experiences around the globe, right? And so it, it's going to put pressure on us uh, to rethink 
how we're embedding Gen AI in our front line for customers. The third force is employees. This is an interesting one, Marco. Employees right now are very worried that generative AI will displace their role at the organization they work at, right? So they're wondering, will I be needed if generative AI is, is good at producing content, essentially, that, that I produce? The shift, though, will happen where employees will actually not want to work at organizations that don't use Gen AI over time. Right. If you compare uh, two different organizations, one where employees get extreme leverage out of the technology and are able to spend their time in more strategic ways versus an organization that's not deploying Gen AI, where humans are still doing the work that generative AI can do, talent will naturally migrate towards the organizations that are using it. The fourth big one is around regulation. Right. So as regulation comes online in Europe and North America around AI and generative AI, we expect to see a lot of uptake on using the technology once there are established rules in place. So as the rules become more prominent um, and understood and ways in which we can do it in a safe environment, it will actually naturally drive C-suite leaders to spend more time, attention, and energy on rolling out generative AI. And the fifth one, and probably the biggest one on the mind of CFOs, is the investor base. You know, any CFO listening to this, I'm sure you've seen the analyst uh, reports written up um, on other companies in your sector or on your own company, estimating the upside in terms of revenue that can be generated from Gen AI being built into products, but then also in terms of the headcount and costs that can be taken out across the enterprise. It's definitely being baked into analyst models across all sectors and all industries. And so CFOs will naturally uh, feel more pressure uh, to meet those investor expectations in future quarters. Got it. So, you know, we at Gardner have been writing about AI and Gen AI for a little while now, and it really sort of burst onto the scene, like writ large in the spring. And it seemed like the big thing was AI is no longer something that's in the future. The future is now. But the question I want to ask is, you know, having talked to a bunch of our clients, where, where are people actually at in terms of investment with Gen AI as of now? Yeah, it's a good one, Marco. So, I would say um, in terms of investment, the first and foremost thing that all companies are doing, literally every company we talk to, is thinking through what their protection is going to be. So this bucket of kind of how do we make sure we're protecting our data and our IP, we're putting rules in place, we're doing this safely, we're guarding uh, the assets of our organization. That's first and foremost. All organizations um, are thinking through what their strategy should be there. Then you've kind of got a group of organizations that are very much in learning mode. We estimated Gartner about 60% of you know the Fortune uh, 1000 kind of in this learning mode of trying to understand, okay, what is it? Where can we apply it? Where should we get started? What are the risks? How do we govern it? Who should lead it? So really trying to kind of get their arms around it, I'll say. Then you've got about 30% of organizations that are kind of in this testing mode, right? They've picked out a few use cases. Maybe they've found uh, that it's working in certain pockets. They're kind of using it uh, real time to get feedback, innovate, and experiment in a safe way across their organization. We only find about 10% of our organizations, Marco, in this full-on investment mode. And there it's, hey, we know we're going to get benefit. We know we're going to be able to take out a headcount. We know we're going to be able to seize new revenue. And we are investing very heavily in different tools, applications, models, and really embedding it. You hear all this stuff about people using generative AI. Only about 10% of organizations are in this full-on investment mode uh, across their enterprise right now. And for the 
essentially, I think 90% of others who are in that thinking phase or starting to think about exploration phase, when they are starting to actually assume those Gen AI initiatives, what are those big questions CFOs need to have a viewpoint on? Like, what must they be prepared for to not be caught on their back foot? Really, there's a, a few fundamental ones, Nina, that CFOs need to play an active role in across their enterprise right now. And the first is compliance, right? Maybe making sure that everything that we're doing is going to set us up to actually comply with any AI regulations. There's also CFO questions around governance, right? How do we put the right controls in place to protect our IP and our sensitive data? There's also a leadership question that CFOs should get a seat at the table at and, and help kind of shape in terms of what does a working committee look like? Who's on the committee? Who has ownership of different responsibilities for generative AI? Another big one is how we're communicating, not only to our finance organization, but to the broader enterprise as well. So working closely uh, with communications and HR to make sure that we are saying the right things that motivate and inspire employees in the short and long term. Then there's more technical aspects, right? So CFOs um, should be asking questions around, okay, what's the best way to audit the data that we have? What's the best way to build a data architecture that will allow us to scale Gen AI? There's questions around, do we have the talent for the short and the long-term around generative AI? We're also starting to hear CFOs ask questions around which vendors should we be looking at? Which applications should we be looking at? And how do we prioritize the use cases across our function? Now, another question that we're starting to hear more and more, Nina, is where can I actually alleviate you know, headcount that we've built up across either finance or other SGNA functions with generative AI, right? So literally in 2024 budgeting, how do we think through the cost displacement and headcount displacement from generative AI? And that one's very tricky because we're still learning so much about what it can and can't actually do that we're not seeing companies, you know, eliminate large swaths of headcount by any means, but they're starting to plan around it, which is a, a new uh, element to all of this since uh, it took off. So the accelerance of Gen AI adoption, part of its investors and the board and all of that stuff, that's not just unique to finance, that's enterprise wide, right? And so one of the things that we've seen in, in some of our data is that CFOs seem to be a lot more cautious around Gen AI adoption than many of their C-suite peers. They're not quite as gung-ho about it. So how can CFOs sort of find that consensus on an enterprise-wide Gen AI strategies to make sure that they're not left behind in finance, one, and then two, that they're not being seen as that sort of CF no persona that stifles innovation? That's a hard one. And Marco, it's not just on generative AI. It's kind of this point in the business cycle where we're starting to move from you know, profitability, cash flow, lower growth to looking to the other side where there might be stronger growth as we head into the next phase of the business cycle. And so CFOs really need to shift their posture in the way that they think about driving growth bets and innovation. And one of the things we often talk about, Marco, with our CFOs is removing anchors that can hold the organization back from driving big, big bets around generative AI. Right, so depoliticizing conversations, uh, making sure that we adjust policies uh, and look at hurdle rates differently for unfamiliar investments like generative AI, making sure that when we get into reviews around generative AI and its impact, 
that we're not just thinking about uh, the traditional metrics we may have used in the past, but measuring productivity potentially differently. So it's all about CFOs kind of shifting that behavior in the way that they interact with the business to make sure that they are not stifling, as you said, innovation, but that they're creating the conditions to allow innovation in pockets to take hold. Now, we've talked a lot, Marco, about the risks and making sure that we have compliance and governance. First and foremost, CFOs need to make sure that we have those controls in place. But at the same time, it's it's kind of this balancing act of making sure that we're creating the proper conditions to fund uh, new innovation as well. So just to piggyback off of that for a minute, what is the importance of having a really enterprise-wide gen AI strategy? I mean, can CFOs get away with you know, having an enterprise where they're sort of leave each function up to their, you know, own devices in terms of how and when they use Gen AI. Is there a really need for CFOs to have that enterprise-wide view? And, and what are the risks associated if they don't? I'll tell you first, Marco, what we're seeing. We are seeing at most organizations that each function is taking it upon themselves to know what data they have available, where they can build models, looking at vendors and thinking through what are the top use cases for their function right? So HR, marketing, sales, finance, everybody is thinking in their silo about the applications of generative AI. I think that's okay in pockets where, you know, the recruiting function is using it or the sales team starts using it uh, to generate, uh, you know, outbound messages or finance starts kind of dabbling with it um, in the way that they're doing some of their forecasting. Those things don't necessarily need to be uh, tied into one solidified enterprise strategy. However, I think over time, probably into early next year, the organizations that will be more successful do integrate their strategies into one comprehensive roadmap, right? And so they have kind of a central team, um, executive sponsorship, looking at the longevity and the, the cohesion between different generative AI models, data, and pilots across the organization. So it's almost kind of in this test and learn mode, Marco. A lot of organizations don't want to stifle um, their functions from getting started and getting their feet wet. But over time, we'll see a lot of necessity to bring those things onto a generative AI roadmap that ties into the broader technology roadmap for the organization. As people are getting started on generative AI roadmap and adopting generative AI, what are those biggest barriers to overcome on that roadmap? I think the first one, Nina, that we are seeing left, right, and center is the skill shortage, right? So making sure that we have, you know, prompt engineers and data scientists and folks that actually understand generative AI and how to apply it within each function. So the talent angle cannot be underestimated in terms of its importance and the challenge that needs to be overcome. The next is we're seeing C-suite leaders actually dig into the mechanics of the large language models. Right. So understanding what is and isn't possible with the data sets that we have and how well we can secure those as well as a big piece. Another big element and another big barrier is cultural. Right. So it depends on the organization. It depends on the industry, the geography. There's a whole lot of factors, but companies really um, should be taking seriously how they're thinking through what might need to shift about the culture within their function and their enterprise in order to create kind of the right mindset for embracing generative AI over time. And so the cultural piece is another near-term barrier, Nina, that a lot of companies are starting to dig into. Let's dig into that cultural piece for a minute, Alex, because if you look at a lot of what's driving Gen AI, there seems to be like almost like a light side and a dark side in terms of where things can end up, right? 
And for example, you can say that generative AI will enable innovation and experimentation because it allows you to iterate much more quickly. But then on the flip side of it, there's people that are fearful that it'll rush creativity. And then you have this idea of people are fearful that it will take their job away from them. And, and kind of you spoke to, you know, this AI generation that's coming in that's sort of expecting it as part of that employee value proposition. So how can CFOs address that impact on culture to make it this gateway to a whole new universe instead of this eater of worlds that people can paint it to be? Yeah, this is not an easy one, Marco. I think um, CFOs really need to first and foremost understand where their organization is at. So one of the things we often talk about is creating kind of open forums where employees can share how they feel right now. And so that can be done pretty informally, right? But understanding from the frontline employees that we have what their appetite is for it, what their sentiment is, what concerns they have, where they're actually feeling fear and anxiety around using Gen AI and what it might do to their role and position. Those are things that we can start to have dialogues with our staff about right now. And we don't have to promise answers, but we do have to create that open source kind of environment where um, we can bubble those things up and hear kind of directly from frontline, like what's going through their head around this. So that's kind of one big step that CFOs can put in place is kind of just creating that open source uh, environment for folks to share kind of how they're feeling. And then what we want to do is focus less on the technology and more on the future workflow and value of the function, right? So if we can get people bought into how finance or how marketing or how sales actually adds unique contribution to the organization in a generative AI world and start to get them inspired around the broad impact that they'll be able to have using the tools and technologies, that will get folks to actually focus on helping us drive innovation. So it's all about kind of understanding where the mindset is today and then helping craft that future vision of how the function will actually change its workflows and add value in new and unique ways to the organization. Yeah, I absolutely love that. I love the idea of, you know, you look at culture as really just a shared experience throughout the organization and fostered through open dialogue and communication. I think that's absolutely great. And the idea that, you know, your technology does not set your culture. It's what people do with that technology and how they work together. I think that's, th those are awesome, awesome takeaways. Well, thanks so much for your, your time today, Alex. This is a great insights in terms of what our clients are thinking about and how they're actually dealing with generative AI. And I hope you can come on soon and give us an update next year to see where people are at. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And uh, we'll keep learning rapidly from our client base and, and sharing back with you all and, and the listeners. Please subscribe and share the episode with your colleagues. Thank you for listening. Gartner Podcasts are a production of Gartner, the world's leading research and advisory company, equipping executives across the enterprise with indispensable insight, advice, and tools to achieve their mission-critical priorities. You can learn more at Gartner.com. All content in Gartner Podcasts is owned by Gartner and cannot be repurposed or reproduced without Gartner's consent. Gartner is an impartial, independent analyst of business and technology. This content should not be construed as a Gartner endorsement of any enterprise's product or services. All content provided by other speakers is expressly the views of those speakers and their organizations.